Welcome to the Bards FN Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Revolution from Below. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Thursday, April 14th in the year 2022. And it is just another day in woke America where you can be guaranteed if you send your children to public school, they will be taught all sorts of sexual inappropriate things if guaranteed if they're third grade or younger because that's the only way we can assure that there's going to be groomed children for the pedophile elite. Man, I'll tell you, what a crazy world we live in. But remember, your child can't go to a movie, a PG-13 movie, that has some swear words in it unless they get your parental consent if they're younger than 18. So that's the world we now live in. And it's going to make, you better make sure in all this world that you keep up your sleep. So that's why you have MyPillow. MyPillow has some of the best products on the market right now to help ensure you get a great night's sleep. And those include Giza cotton sheets, Giza cotton pillows, the classic MyPillow, mattress toppers, mattresses, comforters, towels, everything you need to ensure you get a good night's sleep and wake up well in the morning, including men's and women's sleepwear, and my slippers, which are incredible. All of these products are on sale right now at a fantastic savings to you. My pillow, under the leadership of Mike Lindell, one of America's great patriots and carries Christ in his heart, has taken away so much of the middleman problem and put direct to consumer, which is the model we need and a company that we will continue to support because it's modeling the types of things that we need. So head on over to MyPillow.com. Take advantage of some of the great savings. Giza cotton sheets down as low as 60% off. MyPillow traditional or classic MyPillow down as low as nineteen ninety eight. Men's and women's sleepwear 50% off. You've got my slippers 50% off. Mattresses, huge discounts. Mattress toppers, huge discounts. The whole thing through. And you can get all that with your promo code B-A-R-D-S, BARDS. BARDS is your promo code. And we even have our own landing page. So you can go to MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS. Use your promo code BARDS, and on the landing page, you're going to see the latest featured specials. In addition to that, if you use your promo code right now and any purchase, you're going to get a copy of Mike Lindell's book, his story from going from addict to one of America's greatest CEOs, and that's included complimentary with every order. And you can use your promo code BARDS on any of the sites, mypillow.com, mystore.com, frankspeech.com. So head on over to mypillow.com forward slash BARDS. Use your promo code BARDS. And if you want to speak to a human being that breathes air, you can dial 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. That will give you a Patriot Pillow Counselor that will hook you right up. So again, mypillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. Patriots, one of the biggest challenges we have right now is a persistent belief that somehow we're going to be able to change this system by changing a few people and suddenly it's going to get better. And I think if we've all looked at this problem long enough, we're realizing that this cancer that we're dealing with in this nation is deep, and it's rancid, and it, it is pervasive in all things. Now, Lee Smith is a really solid journalist, and he's got a new film coming out called Enemy Within. I want you to hear this promo that he's got that he's just put out. What if everything we think we know about our leaders, our society, and our relations with the rest of the world is wrong. America is facing two major challenges. One is the Chinese Communist Party. However, the most significant threat comes from within. You're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world. Okay. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about. We've already seen evidence of how the elites want to run the United States. They're modeling themselves after Chinese autocracy. For over a decade, the People's Republic of China has stood publicly accused of acts of cruelty 
and wickedness that match the cruelty and wickedness of medieval torturers and executioners. Diane Feinstein had a Chinese spy as her driver for 20 years. We're not talking about one person infiltrating senior levels at the CIA or the White House. We're talking about an entire elite class throughout the political, corporate, academic, cultural, and media establishment. My name is Lee Smith. I've been a journalist for more than 30 years. This is the most astonishing espionage and infiltration operation in history. What you're going to see in this series will shock you. This is The Enemy Within. And it is an enemy within. And we know that because it's not just elected officials. It's people that have been appointed. And that's the part of this that makes this so unbelievable and so unbelievably difficult to change, especially if we're going to try to rely on a vote. There, is been, there has been no changing in the voting process whatsoever. The only people outside of myself have, that are speaking loud enough about this vote in the fall are Steve Bannon and Mike Lindell. And they're saying the same thing. We're all saying the same thing. If you can't fix 2020, you can't expect to have anything different in 2022. It will just be worse. The worst part about that is it will take a form of a, quote, red wave. But keep in mind that everybody that is coming in here that's going to be coming into 2022 one way or another is already been selected by the elite. They're not dumb. And in spite of the concept of Q, where these people are so stupid, that repeated phrase, they are not stupid. They've already gamed this out very, very well to have people believe that they're going to get some sort of change when nothing fundamentally and functionally in the system has changed. All they do is just change their dialogue, change their script slightly, and change their game length, which goes a little bit longer. But at the end of the day, all they have to do is lie to enough people for whatever they need to do and in the back room still cut the same deals. This corruption is deep and systemic, and it's been here a long time. I want to take you back to a clip from Obama in Flint, Michigan, which if you know Flint, Michigan, this is where they've had this horrible water issue. Just listen to how he mocks people with the water issue coming in. And this is a president that was being touted by a president of the people, especially of black America. But this is when he really showed his true colors to how he felt about anybody, including black America, related to the water issue. Take a listen. We invest. Uh, can can I get some water? Come on up there. I want a glass of water. Get a bottle. Bottle water. I want a glass of water. Everybody settle down. This is a feisty crowd. Thank you. need a glass of water. This is not a stunt. What? He, he wet his lips. He did not drink it. He didn't sip it. He wet his lips. There was an audible gasp in the audience. People were just like absolutely dejected. Why would you do that? I, I am sure that somewhere when I was two years old, I was taking a chip of paint tasting it and I got some lead. Yeah, that's like talking about like, well, I didn't wear a seatbelt and I'm fine. It's like, but there were tons of people that died. Backstage, the president sitting at the table with the criminal governor decided to perform his stunt all over again. You know, generally I have not been doing stunts here, but you know. (laughs) That's not what I expected. That's what Snyder did. It felt like he minimized like what people were actually going through and struggling with. If you were actually lead poisoned, you would not be president. You would be janitor Barack Obama. We were holding on to hope that he would declare a disaster area. A disaster would give us FEMA. It would give us pipe replacement, get engineers in, a, in here. Then we could get Medicare for all the residents of Flint. As soon as he took a drink of the water and said everything's fine, that was that. Was that. And look at it, years later, it's still poison. 
when he came here, it was my president. But when he left, he was not my president. The shock of presidents disappointing people is not new. We've had the recent issue with Trump backing the vaccine and pushing it. In fact, going so far as to say that he would convince people to take it. He wouldn't mandate it, but he would convince people. The point of all of this is these leaders are all owned in one way or another. And whether they come in on good intentions or not, at the end of the day, they get owned. And they get owned on a big, big level. And it, the reliance on the leaders to change the system is naive. A president is just a hand puppet of some other agency behind them. And while we can all hope that there is something bigger and, and better behind Trump, the fact of the matter is what we're stuck with right now is an inept leadership across our nation, whether it's Trump or Biden. Nobody is speaking up for the real issues that are going on today. No different than the folks in, in Flint, Michigan. These problems are still continuing. The reality is that the elite are still charging along. They're warring between themselves, and all we are is the puppets in the middle of the fight, and they're trying to see whose allegiance they can pull over the most to win the favor of the day. And so let us not forget just the real interest here of what's going on in, and how bad this is, and all we have to do is just go to January 6th and just get a glimpse of this. 20 federal assets embedded at the Capitol building on January 6th, according to a new defense motion filed in the case against Thomas Caldwell, somebody charged with seditious conspiracy. You see, according to his lawyer's motion in footnote number two, he notes that at least 20 FBI and ATF assets were embedded around the Capitol on January 6th, saying that they were monitoring and recording the Oath Keepers prior to January 6th, and they didn't do anything about it. I wonder why. Could it be because people like Ray Epps, seen here at an Oath Keepers event, is standing next to the very people charged? People named Stuart Rhodes, another member of the Oath Keepers. Ray Epps was wanted, but not charged. Why not? Because the federal government has created the problem and is offering the solution at the same time. Many of these agents have infiltrated most of the militias, a large percentage of the militias. They've infiltrated many of the of the protest groups, and they've done so so that they can control the outcome. And so when these groups get activated, they lead them into the traps, and then they entrap them and, and prosecute them. The whole idea is to keep us constantly under their control and watch and constantly keep us under a state of fear. And that challenge that we are constantly facing is the fact that we are trying to change the system through the system. This system is corrupt all the way through. There's really nothing left of it anymore that is salvageable. And while it may sound to some people idealistic, or I should say it this way, hopeful that we could change through an election process, that in itself is an idealistic expectation. This change that we're dealing with right now, this time of massive awakening, is not simply going to happen by throwing a few new political figures on the, on the board. At the core of all of this is the deep-seated corruption that, of what really has become of the United States. And that's not just here. It's pervasive across all governments across the nations. And while all of this hand puppetry is going on about trying to get people incited about the elections, talking about January 6th, we are starting to see the deeper corruption percolate up. Things like the pedophilia that's now pervasive, as we are aware now, pervasive throughout the elementary system. And yet there's even people on this side, like the Anon and Q Research side, that have proclaimed recently that they're suspect that many of these people are just deep state plants just to try to throw us off the trail of what's really going on. There is a certain cognitive dissonance that's happening across the perspective that is absolutely stunning to me. The real issue is at the core of our system. It is rotten, it is rancid, and it's spiritually devoid of anything God and totally consumed with the whole idea of a worship of a dark Lord that centers around sacrifice and the idea that these leaders themselves can become gods. That has to be remembered. Now, in this time right now, we're in a challenging moment with the entire world being changed. The dollar is under attack. You have food shortages rising. You have fuel prices rising, all of these things are leading to a major catastrophe. You have things going on in Shanghai, which we really have a hard time discerning all of what's happening, other than the fact that we know that many Chinese are being physically locked down to such an extreme that the government is literally torturing them and by cutting off food and letting them starve to death in their apartments. This is horrific. 
This is where humanity has to start coming together to realize that we are not part of nation states, but we are united as God's children. And that in itself must be understood. Right now, one of the big hopes that's on the horizon, obviously, is this idea of crypto. And that's another issue here, is people are looking to crypto to save and decentralize the world. But this, again, is one of these big illusions that we have to be very aware of. Everything that you're witnessing right now is some form of a planned event. There, is, there are effectively two forms of this fight that are going on before our very eyes. The third one isn't getting enough recognition, and we'll get to that as we get through the show today. But the first two fights are what I've talked about. It's a fight between the elites. You have one side of the elite faction that is dark. We'll call it the Illuminati. And this Illuminati faction believes in the sacrifice of children, the exploitation of children. They'll do anything to wipe out humanity and replace it all with robots if they could. On the other side of this is, is this moderate elite. We can call it whatever you want. And it's trying to fight for the right to give humanity a choice. But it's not fighting for the true saving of humanity. It's fighting for the choice of humanity to choose its direction. They aren't standing against AIs. They aren't standing against a cryptocurrency that controls everybody. They're not standing against mass surveillance. They're actually pushing more for it as you dig into their policies. The biggest distinguishing factor between these two factions is one says, keep your hands off the kids, and both, though, agree that the elderly somehow need to be exterminated. Listen closely to their policies as they go forward, especially with this vax, and tell me one group of the elites is calling for the end of it, and nobody is, and everybody's calling for the continuation of the mandatory injections for elderly. Why? Because they see that as the wisdom class and the class that's economically burdensome on, the, on this world order designs that they're coming with. And if you look at the full play of things, you're seeing that there is a world order assembling. Even Larry Fink of BlackRock has said, that there is a new form of the new world order. Well, what is that? It's regional polarism. So that you end up a, uni, a multipolar world rather than a unipolar world. A unipolar world was when the United States was the sole superpower, the sole economic power. But now we're starting to see this percolation up of multiple uh, powers around the world. One of those is BRICS nation. Listen to this. You need to pay attention to BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. In a recent meeting, they discussed, one, the use of national currencies for export-import operations, which would mean going away from the petrodollar system. Two, the integration of payment systems and cards away from MasterCard and Visa. Three, their own financial messaging system away from SWIFT. And four, the creation of an independent BRICS rating agency. Do you think BRICS will succeed in implementing these four things? Yes, BRICS will. And that's just it because it's been in percolation for a long time. The idea that there's going to be a breakaway alliance between China, Russia, Brazil, India, and South Africa has already been planned for a long time. And these BRICS alliances, as they break away, will undercut the, the dollar's value on a world level. Things that I've talked about a lot, which is the fact that the dollar is beginning to find its Endpoint, and it's going to come to a terminal point that will spin out of control. From the standpoint of the world, that's an essential thing. It has to be released. The world has to get out of the out, out of the burden of being forced to accept the U.S. dollar. It's actually the federal dollar, the Federal Reserve dollar, which is the central bank currency. The question is, what's happening on our end that's going to free us? And that's that's the real debacle we're in right now. When the dollar falls, there's nothing immediately coming in behind it that we can see other than the promise of a CBDC, which is a, a central bank digital currency. And the central bank digital currency is not a positive thing. It isn't based on blockchain technology. It's not based on anonymity. It's based on ledger technology, which tracks every single one of your transactions and assures that a centralized AI can watch and monitor everything that you do and control how you use your money. All of that is tied to a social credit score, which all dictates how you get to use your money and how you have to are able to spend and even move around society based on how you perform in allegiance to this tyranny. This is the corporatocracy, the corporate tyranny that they are trying to shape, and they're doing it right before our very eyes. All of this is happening every time we engage in their system. 
One of the big pushes, obviously, is the belief that there's going to be some sort of a digital crypto breakaway because that's supposed to anonymize the banking. So let's go back to 1999, first of all, and let's listen to Peter Thiel and what he had to say about the future of where we would be about today. How do you move from these physical dollars to electronic dollars? Uh, I think the basic technology is going to take place on the internet. I think the specific platform in the emerging world um, is going to be on a cell phone platform. If you look at the numbers, there are about 360 million, um, about 150 million online desktop-based accounts today. That number is projected to grow to about 300, 350 million in the next five years. However, with respect to cell phones, internet-enabled cell phones, they're just getting rolled out right now. They already have some significant penetration in Japan, in uh, Finland, in Sweden. They're getting rolled out in Western Europe, the U.S. next year. Uh, the numbers are projected to grow from about 10 million internet-enabled cell phones today to about 1 billion in five years. In five years from now, everybody who is a member of the middle class in the emerging world and in the developed world will have an internet-enabled cell phone. And this sort of a cell in, in China, the numbers projected to be going, go to something like 300 million cell phones, most of which will be internet-enabled. These people will have access to um, their bank accounts, and it will be very easy for them to move money into an account in a safe jurisdiction where, um, where the banks are not politically controlled, um, and they will basically be able to completely dollarize the economy. There will be no need to have any rubles or nimby, and it will be non-traceable. No matter how illegal the Chinese Communist government says it is to hold U.S. dollars, you will have a password on your cell phone, and the only way to stop this process would be literally to shut down the telecommunications network. And that's the kind of choice governments like China, India, some of these other countries are going to face. They will either have to shut down the telecommunications network and make it illegal for you to own a cell phone, or they will have to basically uh, give up the kind of monetary sovereignty they've had and the enormous power that uh, they've been able to wield as a result of this kind of sovereignty over the last uh, many, many years. That was from 1999, like I said. That was from Peter Thiel, 1999. And so where we are today is not too far off of what he projected. In fact, today, the idea that you can live without a cell phone for many is an impossible idea. The smartphone has completely taken over the cognitive processes in life of everybody, and it becomes an extension of how we are. The concept of crypto, though, is, as he was talking about, it has evolved. And right now, there's a lot of discussion about crypto going mainstream, including the discussions about Bitcoin. I want you to hear this piece here very quickly, and we're going to get back to this, of BlackRock's move on crypto. BlackRock is positioning themselves for this new world order. They just said yesterday that there's going to be a new world order for the stock market. And then today we get news that they've positioned themselves with $50 billion worth of USDC stablecoin. Now, there's only two reasons that you really hold the USDC stablecoin. Either one, you want to earn interest on that stablecoin. Or two, you're getting ready to buy other cryptos. You're getting ready to buy the dip. So you stock up either Tether or USDC. Now, this is the other part that's interesting about this. They didn't buy any Tether and they won't be buying any Tether. Tether is the ticking time bomb that brings down this whole space. But in the meantime, you have companies like BlackRock with $10 trillion assets under management, positioning themselves to buy other cryptocurrencies during this bear market, positioning themselves to earn interest. We now know that many platforms are not going to allow you to earn interest unless you're an accredited investor. This is what's actually quite amazing, is that most of the cryptocurrencies right now are based on an interest bearing concept and cryptocurrencies aren't being used for currency but they're being used for investment but what's happening in the market right now is that you're getting big companies like blackrock preparing to buy out huge chunks of cryptos and control the cryptos so that in the end of the day only certain cryptos can be allowed and all of those cryptos will be controlled by them at predominant investors this isn't decentralization this is just a repeat of the old system but it falls under this middle path that i keep talking about this is this path where people are going to be looking to this as the destruction of the central bank. But everything is, again, driven towards profit and interest on the money. That's all the remake of the old Babylonian system. And it's happening right before our very eyes. And many people are leading that way. 
There's discussions right now about quantum or QFS, and there's the nonsense going on again about Nisera and Jacera, which is complete crap, I'll tell you right now. This whole thing is all a lure and a trap to bring people in to get them the idea that somehow there's going to be this big release of free money and so everybody's going to have what they need and never have to work again. That's at the core of it. And the logic of Nasser and Jasera is completely defunct anyway because once people start to get millions of dollars or whatever that release is that's promised, who is going to be willing to work? The answer is nobody. It's a great way to starve out humanity, to be quite frank, and not even have to take away their food. Because people will not want to do the work. They're going to want to absolutely have someone else do it for them. This whole system that we're under right now is morphing right before our very eyes. And if you're going to play within the system, you're going to stay within the system. The matrix is not dumb. The matrix is adaptable. And it's remaking itself to adjust to the changing climate and monitoring very closely what people are doing and what people are, are wanting. People are wanting to have a freedom from banks. People are wanting to feel like they can be sovereign again. All of these offerings are starting to percolate up. Look at the worship that's happening, frankly, to, with Elon Musk. I've never seen anything like this. Elon Musk offers to buy Twitter. Elon Musk takes out a chunk of Twitter, and suddenly all the patriots are losing their mind, saying that he is like some new icon of saving the world. Where is it in our, in our documents? Where is it in our founding documents? Where is it in Scripture that says that a single man should lead us to a better world? There is zero personal responsibility in all of that, and that's the core of our whole problem right now is that people are trying to find a solution without putting the burden on themselves to realize that we are the solution, working through God to reset this world. But we are not going to find the solution when there's a continued worship of idols and things, especially coins and money. We're going to end up right back where we were. Listen to this piece from Glenn Beck, powerful piece, a perspective on the cult that we're currently dealing with. They are separating us from our families. They're telling their cult members not to listen to anyone else. Would a cult tell you to silence everyone? Or would a cult tell you, oh, be open-minded, listen to everybody? Which one does a cult do? Does a cult say, no, go talk to your family? You know, they may disagree with you, and it's going to be tough, but go talk to your family. And you know what? Love your family. If your family doesn't agree with you, then your family doesn't agree with you, but love them. Is that what a cult does? Or does a cult say, if your family member disagrees, don't invite them to anything anymore. Cut them off. I'm not the extremist. The cult that half of America worships today. Those members are the extremists. And it's time we say it out loud without any fear. We are not afraid of, quite honestly, your evil cult. We have God on our side. Sorry I shouldn't have said that. We remain on God's side, hopefully. <laughs> he got it right. Doesn't matter. It's all right on. Here's the deal. This is the whole point of where we are. There is a cult that's moving this nation, and this cult is made up of a number of pieces. There is the extremist element of the cult. There is a moderate element of the cult, and you can call it whatever you want. But when we start to break it all down, it all starts to look about the same because it all ends up in the same place, even though it looks like two different paths. All of this concept that we're dealing with here now is you're part of it or you're not part of it. Right now, I'll, take, I'll go back to a great example that has happened this last week, and it's been right in our face. And it's the work by Dr. Brian Artis. We don't have to agree with his conclusions, but his research is stunning and his research is very insightful. The things that are coming out of the cult, the cult that shouldn't be a cult, which is Q and Magna, are, Maga, and are saying things like this. He's a chiropractor. He's not justified to say these things. They're saying things like, we don't agree with, it's not in the water. There's no possible way. They've come out and said that children aren't getting sick, so why should we believe him? 
They haven't listened to any of the in-depth pieces of his research, but they've just gone on topically because they reacted to the fact that in their cult, especially the cult of Q, the sacred texts of Q were used, Watch the Water by Stu Peters, and in the process, what happened? The cult of Q blew up. The cult is not limited to the left, so don't be deceived. The cult right now is across a spectrum of MAGA to the left because the worship is idols and idolatry through many aspects. The only way out of this is going to be the worship where it only can be, and that's the worship through Christ and to the Father. That's simple. And what that means is we have to stay outside of this process. It's not a difficult concept, but it's difficult to, it's going to be a difficult walk. What that means is we have to start evaluating very clearly where we are in this world. We have to start accepting and being honest with ourselves the willful contracts that we have made with these corporate corporations and the various forms from our government to our hospitals to our insurance companies to our schools to our whole political game, we have to start realizing that we've made contracts with these people to give up our sovereignty to let them be the providers for our lives. That is not the way God constructed this world. That is a Babylonian model. And if we really want to break free and think that for somehow that a few guys in a white hat are going to sweep in and save the day, we're ridiculously foolish. In our Declaration of Independence, the way this country was founded, it never said that a few white hats would save your butt once you gave the country away to a bunch of tyrants. Quite to the contrary, it has always been about us saving the nation, always been through us. And that process means that we have to step back and start focusing on where we can make the biggest change. The irony of all of this, I've said this before, and I come back to it, is we are in the same place that our colonists were in the, in, when the revolution began. They were wrapped and controlled around a British empire. All goods were being provided in one way or another and controlled by the crown. We're in a very similar situation today. And what was it that gave the colonists the power? It was their individual ability to be self-sustaining, to provide food, to build new enterprises and, and disconnect from the main system and start to build separate economies. The whole function of the revolution that was successful, the biggest blow to England was not the fact that the, the, we had fighters on the ground fighting the Redcoats, that was a big part of the war, but the real victory happened economically through the boycotts and the breaking away from the Crown's products. In the end of the day, we cost the Crown over 50% of its imports to the colonies, which was causing it to go bankrupt for the war that it was sustaining on our soil. It couldn't afford to keep it sustain its armies. This army today that we're facing is a very different form. It doesn't take the form of a uniformed soldier with a with an AK or an M4 in, on its chest. Today, the enemy that we face takes the form of Amazon. It takes the form of controlled companies like Costco, and it takes the form of controlled agents of change, which are the corporate entities like your city or your state that are all corporate entities that are being controlled out of a Washington, D.C. corporation. All of this is a corporate linkage, and what they have done brilliantly is they've used the mask of corporations, kept the fa facade of the Constitution, and so when people say, well, what's happened to our Constitution, they have no obligation to enforce it because they're working under corporate charters. This is the real fight, the core of it, and it's not about politics and changing things in 2022 because we get a few new faces that claim to be red, or as we watch the entire movement of, of the of this movement of MAGA and other things start to stand behind people like Tulsi Gabbard, who's a known WEF student, World Economic Forum student. This is the ridiculousness of this, of what's happening before us is people are seeking to find the solutions through others rather than taking the responsibility within themselves. This revolution will happen from bottom up. If it happens at all, it will not happen from top down. The more time we spend looking up, find, trying to find leaders to lead us, the more we get trapped within the next level of this trap and the less opportunity we're going to have to reclaim this nation. So what does it look like then? And it goes back to the seven pillars. It's the seven pillars of each of us taking that reclamation process, getting back the country in the process of, one, home churches, getting God back at the center of the home. 
Two, homeschooling, schooling your children, getting them out of the indoctrination camps and supporting the community to build homeschooling pods so that parents that are working can also get their kids out. It, it, it entails setting up gardens, patriot gardens, like the Victory Garden program, to where every lawn dies and every garden grows, and starting to get food that you grow and control that in your life so that you take control of one of the most important aspects of our overall health and relationship with God, which is growing our own food. It is literally sowing seeds, physically and metaphorically. The next pillar is the idea, fourth pillar, right work, getting away from the corporate yoke, either working for a small business that's aligned with this or working for yourself. But the whole principle is to stop just doing a job for a job and start following God's gifts and talents that are put within each and every one of us to pursue those things that make a difference in the world. The fifth pillar is taking charge of your health, health and wellness to be literally able to start saying we will be responsible for our health, not the hospitals, not turning over our sovereignty of our health to a political and corporate institution that seeks one thing, to ensure that people continue to get sick. That sixth pillar is, is informed action, to know our communities, to know where we're going to be able to make a difference in our communities, to understand what the architecture is of leadership and power in our communities and know where the corruption is so we can weed it out, whether that's elected or unelected. And that also continues with the idea in informed action is to take the responsibility to add more capabilities to yourself. Learn new things. Don't ever stop seeking to learn more skills because we need them to build a new nation. And the final pillar, seventh pillar, is stewardship and conservation stewarding what God gives us to maximize its use and live conservatively. Don't live within a, with an unnecessary abundance. That isn't to say God doesn't want us, that wants us to be poor, but being a useful steward of what God gives us is the whole principle. And in the center of all of that is a simple function of breaking bread and building community. That's the revolution from below. And it will happen if we pursue it, because the more that we follow this path, each step that we do, we break from the control of this corporate matrix. We take one little piece out each at a time. If we used Glenn Beck's numbers and 50% of this country is following the cult, which I agree it does, and many of those cult members, like I said, are not just leftists. They're just the obsession of watch into a certain group whatever that is and whatever that identifier is, if that other 50% says we're not going to play, we're going to go our way and build our own economy, become self-sustaining, break away, guess what? That 50% doesn't have a whole lot anymore. They don't have the control they thought, and their system now begins to crumble. We are in a system that is so interlaced, it's going to take some real courage for people to break away from it. One of the most insidious aspects of this entire system is the stock market, because what it does is it lays the profits of our future retirement on the backs of people that are working today. Every bit of profit that's raked out of a company is done so at the expense of somebody's labor or wage. That's the way the system was designed, so that each of us becomes interdependent and mutually sacrificing so that one person can gain a lot and a person, one person has to always be chipping out whatever it can for a living. And that circular Ponzi scheme that they create only benefits one group of people, and those are the ones at the top of the pyramid. We have to make hard decisions now, decisions that aren't like before. It isn't a matter of whether I place my money in a company that's green or not green, or whether I place my money in, in a company that's not going to be part of the biomedical world, but instead I'll put it into, say, oil and extraction, or I'll put it into the military-industrial complex the whole system is rigged, and we have to start looking very effectively at how rigged it is so that we can start building out a new pathway forward. None of this is going to be easy, but no one ever said that liberty was going to be easy. The pursuit of it and reclaiming it once it's lost is a miserable climb, but it's the what teaches us the persistence and the vigilance to, to retain it so that it doesn't happen again. Our nation has unbelievable potential. The people in this country have unbelievable potential to show the world another way. But there isn't an in-between here. If we follow that center path, which is now becoming bigger and more looming, 
It's being offered now with greater promises, the greater promises of the freedom to use crypto instead of real currency, but it's a real crypto. It's a, it's a decentralized crypto. We're still going to get away from money. Listen to the whole principle of crypto. It's a silly concept to begin with, that money can be created out of energy, not labor, energy, and that simply the process is that if I have enough data miners, I can get more money out of nothing because the machines are doing the work. All I have to do if I'm an elite is to control your ability to get energy and suddenly you lose your ability to generate money for nothing, but they don't. Everything like this that they build has a weakness and a backdoor to control. And the only way that we can move forward here is for us to identify a path forward that puts God first and truly the sense of true sovereignty first, which begins with us working from our homes outward. This is truly the radical shift. And it is probably the one of the most radical things you will ever pursue in your life. Not because it looks radical, not because you get to wear a bandana and maybe some cutoff t-shirt and act tough like Rambo, not because it's radical because you're locked and loaded your guns and you're out here marching around trying to hunt down the enemy because you're taking the true action in your life to reset yourself, to put your sovereignty back first in everything that you do to make decisions every single day that pulls you farther and farther away from the corporate matrix to where you walk free in this world. And each step you take gets gets you farther down that path and a little closer to sovereignty and farther from their reach. It means that we have to start looking at ways to recreate things, rebuild processes of communication, of infrastructure. All of that happens over time. But you can't get there without taking the baby steps first. And that begins with the fundamental thing, literally, of God in the center of our life and growing a garden. It's not any more difficult than that. When we start moving that direction as a whole, it is literally going to shake the foundations of this system. And it is radical. It is revolutionary. And it is from below because it's truly of the people. It's not asking government to fix it for us. It's telling government how we're going to fix it and how we're going to reclaim it. It's literally doing exactly what we are, have a duty to do in this nation, to throw off despotism. That was given to us in the Declaration of Independence, not as an option. It was our duty. And so our duty is before us. It is time to take action. It is time to say goodbye to the cult. It is time to reset the government as it was always intended, not as an oppressor, but as a duty to put it underneath us to do the will of the people, not the will of its own. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time we've come together to sit and and reflect deeply on our state, consider where we're going, and to just listen to the words and wisdom that you give us. Lord, we are truly at a place right now where there is so much deception and offerings being put before us. Tower of Babel is starting to recreate itself before being toppled. It's now generating a new vision, always luring people with the opportunities of money and enticement rather than putting you at the center. Lord, we just ask for the continued awakening of the hearts to, for people to realize that these are traps. These are traps that will lure them and pull them away, that we need to reset a world with you truly at before us and at the center of us and to follow that path truly in all that we do, to listen to the wisdom that you offer, to to listen to that strength and that power and fearlessness that you give us and we walk in this path, and to start that path each and every day with a direction that puts us towards a path of sovereignty, not a path of enslavement. Guide us and protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Very often I get emails of people asking me, how do we do this or how do we do that? And there isn't an answer to all of this yet. There is a process that we have to begin. The most important thing is that it begins a process to move forward. No matter how you dice this up, we have to reclaim an independence in the system. If we are going to remain dependent on the system to where all we are always dependent on is a currency, whether it's digital or hard currency, All we're doing is replacing one system with another. Our true independence comes from several things, but one of the central pieces is you have to be able to feed yourself. 
when you put that back on the center point of our life, the food becomes central to who we are. We start to reconnect with the entire world around us. We're taking responsibility for the fundamental way in which we eat and in which we generate our health. When we move that direction as a whole, we're breaking away from one of the most important and pervasive parts of this supply chain system that they've built. It's the offering to make food convenient and easy. We don't need their convenience and ease. We need the independence and security which we gain. And each step that we make, we gain more power. And as we gain more power, we gain more a, a clear understanding of how this path evolves. Ultimately, it falls down to the simple word of trust. We have to trust in Father. And as we trust in that walk and we trust in that pursuit forward, we will reclaim what, what is ours and what is God's land to reclaim, this land for us to steward. But it is going to take a focus, a diligence, and a determination unlike anything this world has ever seen. And when we do that, we will make it clear that what we're doing truly is breaking away from them and crushing their system at the same time. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up, patriots. This is an important time to listen closely to what God provides. We are in a critical fight, and it's a time right now when it's going to get more difficult to discern, and we have to keep discernment before us. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.